the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. If you believe that you could achieve anything, what would you do? Would you be living the same life? According to today's guest, Diamond Dallas Page, what we believe we are capable of determines our path to greatness or mediocrity. Dallas has proven that with the right attitude and relentless work ethic, it's possible to overcome any obstacle and take ownership of our lives. Dallas is a former pro wrestling champion turned fitness guru and inspirational speaker. He's the creator of the DTPY Fitness Program and author of the book Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. Welcome, Dallas. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad you had me on. So, Dallas, I love your approach because I think like you do. There's no place for excuses when you want to achieve something. When you believe you can do something and truly believe it, there's no stopping a person. So I want to start off by talking about your career. I have two sons who are now in their 20s that were probably, and still are, big wrestling fans. And when they were younger, I took them to SummerSlam and WrestleMania. We bought the wrestling figures. They had the rings. When did you know that that was the life for you, that you wanted to be part of all of that? When I was a little kid, I, I, I really fantasized about it, you know, the idea of it. And then when I was 17, I thought, this is something I really, I, I want to do it. And then at 22, I started to, like, believe I could do it. And I, I ended up hooking up with a guy in North Jersey. Um, and I had three matches total. I was, you know, super green. Um, the last match I got thrown over the top rope and... I torched my knee, my right knee, and it's the same knee that I got hit by a car when I was 12 years old. I walked out in front of a car. It hit my right knee. My face bounced off the hood, and I flew 42 feet from impact right on Route 88 in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. And um, it, it, it aggravated that, it, that injury. So I took some time down. But I was also in the nightclub business the whole time. And I got, actually got to run a small rock and roll bar. It was the beginning of my management in the nightclubs. And I sort of drifted away from the, you know, the vision, the goal. And then that was in 78, 79. And then um, I, uh, wrestling blew up huge in the 80s with Hulk and everybody. And it was it aggravated me so much that I didn't follow my dream. I knew I should have been a part of it. And uh, I stopped watching wrestling completely for a while. And then I was drawn in later on by Jesse Ventura and Jake the Snake Roberts. And then I became a fan again. But I didn't really try to get into wrestling until I was 31 and a half. And then I thought I was too old to be a wrestler. So I went on the path of trying to be a manager, someone who actually talks for wrestlers and a color commentator who talks about the matches. So you ended up starting your career at an age when most are getting ready to hang it up. How did you get your head in the game knowing what you were going up against, guys that were much younger than you? 
Well, when I finally got my opportunity um, for managing and uh, and being a coach, I was I was 35 years old. I was at Ted Turner's World Championship Wrestling. Dusty Rhodes, uh, I always say that Dusty Rhodes, the original Diamond Dallas Page. He took me under his wing, and he loved my ideas and my energy and um, my production value as far as creating stuff. And then about five months into me managing, they realized I was kind of like too over the top with the hair and the clothes and the girls and the rap that uh, they wouldn't let me manage anymore. So now I step into the wrestling ring and everybody thought I was crazy. So now I'm 35 and a half trying to be a wrestler. And um, I mean, people laughed out loud in my face and told me it wouldn't happen. And uh, to answer that question, you asked me, how was it? It was tough, you know, but the one thing that, that I know is a fact and I, and I stress it all the way through Positively Unstoppable. There's only one person that has to believe in you. Just one. Does that be your mother, your father, your uncle, your brother, your sister, you know, your wife? It doesn't have to be any of them. It just has to be one person that believes in you. And that's you. And I was pretty steadfast that I was going to make it as a wrestler. And, you know, Dallas, I, I couldn't agree with you more because... I'm doing the work that I do now. I started this at 43 years old after being a stay-at-home, work-from-home, suburban New Jersey soccer mom. And I had this crazy idea. And a lot of people, the same thing, they laughed at me. They thought I was crazy. I mean, this is a field for younger people. This wasn't a, a field that a, you know, a, a middle-aged woman traditionally cracks. So I totally understand what you're saying and the power of believing in yourself and and just having that knowledge that you can overcome anything if you keep going forward. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, people, you know, people even buy my DDP yoga program and they'll invest in it. And then they'll say, I got your program. And I'll go, awesome. Have you started? How are you doing with it? Well, I haven't started yet. I'm like, what? You know, in the beginning, it used to shock me. Now I know it's like a percentage of people who want it. But they're afraid to start because they're afraid to fail. Like the only failing part comes by you not doing it at all. So, you know, that's what I think, you know, positively unstoppable, the art of owning it, like it is whatever you want it to be. And in this scenario, maybe it is just starting the program, you know, and then let's build from there. And getting rid of excuses. Because if you look at your life and your career, you really had major challenges to overcome. Because when, you know, it, it's great to have your mind in it, but you were starting out in a very physical profession yeah. that could take a toll on your on your life. And you didn't just wrestle. You commanded the sport. How did you keep your body so strong? Well, that was a fascinating part, you know, because it's obviously a huge detriment starting at 35 and a half years old on the physical side, because you you know, your body's, you know, not, that's not the years you start something like a professional <laughs> wrestling career. But the positive side was, and I believe the mind is the strongest thing that we have. You know, the positive side is I was much smarter at 35 starting out professional wrestling. If I had started and kept going at 22, 23 years old, I might have done a lot more crazier things because I could. And when you can do that, you, you don't have any experience in life. Like, man, maybe that's not a good idea. You, you haven't really paid attention to life in your early 20s yet. Very few people have. And understandable. That's why when you give these young athletes, whether they're professional wrestlers or, or basketball players or football players, millions of dollars at 20 years old, how do they know how to, you know, end up with something at the end? Right. Because it just becomes a free-for-all. You know, but again, you know, when you start at 35, you're just a little bit smarter. And, you know, I, I, I always tell people it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fall down. You know, just what did you learn from that? And, if, you know, if you don't learn anything and you keep making the same mistake over and over again, well, that's... Einstein's, you know, definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Dallas, what did those years of abuse do to your body? I, I can remember sitting in the stands cringing, watching you guys slam the mat. What <clears throat> happened to your body after years and years of that abuse? Well, I've had 
two shoulder uh, shoulder surgeries, uh, rotator cuff tears. I've torn my – and both these I've torn my meniscus, and my one I've torn my ACL and my uh, my, uh, my broke piece of my kneecap off. I've ruptured my L4 and L5 so badly that they said my wrestling career was over at one point. Uh, that's where DDP yoga comes from. Um, and then uh, my neck is – is fused not by the doctor, but by the wear and tear, um, uh, two cervicals in my neck. So it would sound like I'm super beat up and I am, but yeah, one of the things that happened when I first started again, being 35 and a half years old, and I stress that and a half years old because that's six months older in a game that, you know, is made for kids, but I'm the first guy to ice his body in professional wrestling. I'm the first guy to do weekly deep muscle massage therapy, sometimes twice a week, um, chiropractic, applied kinesiology. Uh, I'm the first person to even understand what organic meant, meaning like, you know, people are organic this or organic that, or what our great grandparents used to call food because everything was organic right put the real not just eating lean but i that's where it came from eating better choices but then i started to educate myself with you know different documentaries as well so i am 60 going to be 63 years young april 5th and i can do more than most 20 year olds now i can't get in a ring and wrestle i couldn't get in the ring and wrestle like I did, but it's I, the, the recovery time would be brutal. So it's not worth it to me anymore. My goal is to feel good every day. And just to give the cliff notes, at 35, my career took, you know, I, I started my career. At 36, I tore my rotator cup and they let me go. I came back a year later and got a contract, but it was at the bottom end. And nobody really believed in me. They loved my work ethic, and they loved to use me as an example. So, you know, I, I, I wasn't working all the time. So if you don't work all the time, if you don't wrestle all the time, you won't get any better. It's really like anything. Repetition is the mother of learning. So I went down to a place where I first learned how to wrestle called the power plant, and I started training all these young kids. And what I learned again was the more you teach someone – the more you personally will learn, the more you learn, the better you get. So every time that I got that once in a while TV match, I was going to be different. I was going to be better. And um, you never know who's watching. I, I, I talk about it all the time. And for me, it was Hulk Hogan, who's watching me get better and better and better. And I explained to him that I was, I've been teaching the young guys. And, you know, the more you teach, the more you learn, the more you learn, the better you get. And he's like, whatever you're doing, you need to keep doing it. Now, this is in 1994. He says to me, he goes, it's not this year or next year. He goes, but somewhere down the line, if you keep doing what you're doing, you and I could draw huge money together. Four years later from that day, I would be, uh, Hulk was on The Tonight Show with Dennis Rodman, I came through the wings, meaning backstage area, with Carl Malone, who is the number two leading basketball leading scorer of all time. We came in, we threw down chairs, and we literally shot our angle, not on a wrestling show. We shot it on the world stage, The Tonight Show. Me and, Rodman, me and Malone against Rodman and Hogan. It was the big, second biggest pay-per-view in the history of our company. And, you know, listening to you, Dallas, you are proving on every level, emotionally, mentally, physically, that anything is possible when we want it badly enough and we're willing to work for it. Now, that's, a, that's a deal. And, you know, as I talk too positively, uh, unstoppable, if you're not willing to put the work in, put the book down and... Let the book work for you somewhere else. Let it level off one of your tables, you know, or something. You know, because if you're not willing to put the work in, it's not going to happen. And that's literally 101 common sense. But most people 
They just don't have the the drive or the ambition. So I think that's another thing I try to explain throughout Positively Unstoppable. Giving examples. If you knew your success was a certainty, what would you do? If you knew you couldn't fail. Dallas, I, I agree with you. For me, excuses are like nails on a blackboard. They drive me crazy. And I love the saying, if you want it badly enough, you'll find a way. Otherwise, you'll find an excuse. Can you share with us one of these stories that you've been mentioning, an example of someone you've worked with who has transformed his or her life? Well, the best one, God, there's been so many, um, but the best one would be disabled veteran Arthur Borman. So what happened was back when I, the first thing I did for my program is I wrote a book called uh, Yoga for Regular Guys. And it was a little tongue in cheek. It was kind of funny, but the workout part was serious. And it became, it, being published gave us a different level of credibility. Then we did DVD series. But anyone who got my program, I would send them an email saying, thank you so much for investing in this and believing in me, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just have five questions. And Arthur's answers were remarkable. He really took the time. So I emailed him back. I said, look, sounds like you need some help, bro. Tell me a little bit about yourself. He said, I'm a disabled veteran, morbidly obese, and I've relegated to thinking of myself as a piece of furniture. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. Send me some pictures. And that's where he sent me those pictures where you could see him standing on his knee braces. I didn't know it took 20 minutes to put the braces on and the back brace. His wife had to do it for him every single morning. Another military person, um, Vicky, and um, then hand him his canes, and then he'd start his day 20 minutes after trying to get out of bed. Um, he sent me those pictures with it wrapped around canes, and I was like, how am I going to help him? So I've been working with this guy named Dr. Fred Bishy. He's right up there in Long Island. He's like the he's like the raw goat guru. He's like he's helped so many people beat cancer with food. And he gave me a, an eating plan that I sort of modified for myself. And uh, I knew that this was all around health as well. This eating plan. So I sent it to Arthur. If Arthur would have wrote me back, I think I could do it or I'll give it a try, I would have said, awesome, keep me posted. But he didn't say that. He said four powerful words. I can do this. I said, send me your phone number. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the first person, Joan, that I ever talked to that I did not know. You know, it was someone I met on the Internet. We talked for an hour. Two weeks later, he called me back. He didn't want to bother me, but he was so excited. He'd lost 20 pounds. He lost four inches off his stomach. Um, the stomach part was the bloating. You know, when, you, when, you, when your body doesn't want you to take in wheat or dairy, well, you're going to bloat up. So that's why he lost four inches. But he didn't lose 20 pounds, and he wanted to know how to keep going. His only goal was the, the original goal. He's 5'6", 297 pounds. His only goal is to lose 50 pounds so he can get his knees operated on. Because the, uh, the VA would not do it until he got under a certain weight. So what happened was he lost 32 pounds the first month. He lost 22 pounds the second month. He lost 18 pounds the third month. That's 72 pounds in three months. In six months, he'd lose 140 pounds. He not only would lose the weight, he would lose the knee braces, the back brace, and the wraparound canes, and not just walk, but run. We have this all documented. And day one, when Arthur and I talked, I explained to him, as important as the DDPY workouts are, as important as the eating plan is, notice I didn't use the word diet, diet. The first three letters of the word diet, mm-hmm. die. They don't work. Lifestyles work. Eating plans work. Something you can grow with and subtract and add. Um, As important as those two things are, they're 10% of the equation. The 90% is between your ears. It's that six-inch piece of real estate that is the most valuable real estate you have. And getting him to understand the, the art of owning it 
It is that inner voice. It is that story you tell yourself. The workouts, the food, all that is so, like, secondary. Like, it's the mindset is the 90%. And how you reboot your brain to start to own that inner voice, to start to own that story you tell yourself. Arthur made the transformation before he even started, and then he kept working towards it. And then as he started to really see it happen, he started to believe it, which gave him confidence. That's what Positively Unstoppable is all about. And that has happened over and over. Recently, I mean, something had just happened um, November 19th. The video came out December 26th. The story of Vance Hines. I started working with a guy. I saw this guy on on Twitter, and he put a video camera out on him doing a selfie, saying, "I'm 470 plus pounds. It's time for me to start to basically to own it. It's time to start to grab a hold of my own life." And when I saw that he had the guts to do that, I wrote him on Twitter, Vance. You're already down. He was already down at that point, like 16 pounds or something. I said, looks like you're really putting the work in. If you want some help, just hit me up, DM me. And he ended up following me and DMing me on Twitter. And he said, you know, I had no idea who you were, but my Twitter tweet lit up like a Christmas tree of people saying, if you don't take DDP's help, you're crazy. And then he said something really important. He said, I used to say no to everyone's help. What I'm learning now is how to say yes. Yes, I will take your help. We got on the phone with each other. He flew up and saw me one day, flew back to Texas. He would come up again about six months in, and then he would come in again on his one-year anniversary where he got on the scale, and we had videoed everything, the entire journey, in one year. He lost 198 pounds. It's fantastic. Like, this is the difference that making yourself accountable, this is the difference of rebooting your brain, this is the difference of owning it. You know, what is the story that you're putting through your brain? Like, over and over and over again. The bad investment deal you made, you know, or, hey, you gotta, there's a lot of stuff you have to let go. And a lot of people can't do that. Why? Because they tell themselves, I can't do that. Like, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the book is Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It by Diamond Dallas Page. If you would like to get more information about the book or Dallas and his work, you can visit ddpyoga.com. Dallas, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your no-nonsense approach to living an empowered life. I agree with you. If you want to achieve what you desire, there can be no excuses. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show, and I look forward to coming back on again. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Soul by Rain is produced from various seed flowers. Its primary ingredients hail from the black cumin seed and the black raspberry seed. These two combine to provide a powerful antioxidant barrier against the devastating effects of stress. Soul by Rain has been hailed as one of the most important anti-aging antioxidants ever discovered. Soul is an anti-inflammatory and it helps prevent and repair radical damages for a healthier heart. Get your soul by calling your rain partner, Elmina Ziza, at 973 Calm, vitality, mindfulness. 
We all want them, but they seem so hard to attain. Escape the stress and frenzy of the city streets. New York Open Center offers courses, trainings, and a vibrant community to help you start your journey for a more balanced and healthy life. Visit our website at opencenter.org for more information. Stop by our cafe and bookstore for all your wellness needs. Find your center at 30th and Madison. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. to your health. Joining me today is Dr. Lorraine Maida, a functional and integrative medicine physician who practices anti-aging medicine, executive health, hormone replacement therapy, and weight management. She's the author of Vibrance for Life, How to Live Younger and Healthier. Dr. Maida is here today to discuss how to avoid the dangers of sleep deprivation. Welcome, Dr. Maida. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Joan. So, Doctor, we've all heard about crashes or accidents that were caused by sleep deprivation. What are some other problems that can occur due to a lack of sleep? Well, a lack of sleep affects your mind, your mood, and your health. So in the way it affects your mind, we know about accidents, but people make a lot of errors. Their judgment is poor. They can't perform complex tasks, and they make very poor decisions when they haven't slept. It also affects your mood. People say they get anxious, depressed, irritable, their energy drops, and they have a lot of other psychological and mood disturbances. And they're also much more likely to suffer from health problems. Obesity is one of them, but you can get high blood pressure, heart attack, stroke. It depresses your immune system and it can increase the risk of infection and inflammation. So sleep deprivation has a lot of effects on your mind, your mood, and your health. Doctor, there are a lot of people that are suffering from this problem. I know sometimes when I can't sleep, I may go on my phone on Facebook or something like that, and I'm amazed at how many people are posting in the middle of the night. So what do you suggest that people do in order to get a good night's sleep? You know, the most important thing is to start winding down. You have to actually develop good sleep habits. Train your body. Wake up and go to bed at the same time. Don't eat a big meal at least two hours before bedtime because that can keep you awake. Caffeine, some people metabolize it very slowly, and even one cup of coffee in the morning could could do them in. However, most people should avoid caffeine six to eight hours before bedtime. And the misnomer people have about alcohol, they'll have a drink to calm them down to make them sleep. When you, in high doses, it's a sedative. But as it wears off in your body, it becomes a stimulant. That's why people wake up in the middle of the night with sweats and palpitations. It's from the alcohol getting to a low enough level to have a stimulant effect. You also need a quiet, dark room that's cool. When the temperature is too high, melatonin isn't made. And if there's any light, melatonin is not made. And light affects your sleep patterns. So going online and going on Facebook is probably one of the worst things you can do because that that blue light keeps you awake. So there are different things. I know my iPhone has that little moon, half moon, where you can it it takes out the blue light. So that if you have to go online, it's not going to affect the production of melatonin. And you've got to calm down mentally. And you know, if all else fails, there are some supplements that can calm you down and help you sleep. Doctor, the long-term use of sleeping pills can be addictive and they can have harmful effects. So you mentioned supplements. What supplements do you recommend? First and foremost, I always recommend melatonin because that's what's natural. That's the hormone that makes you sleep. So if you have trouble falling asleep, you take a short-acting melatonin. If you have a problem staying asleep, you take either a slow-release or controlled-release melatonin. I also recommend calming herbs. You know, they come in teas or in tinctures or in capsules. And the most common ones that help sleep are blends of valerian, passionflower, hops, and chamomile. Kava is also used. It got a bad rap because if it's not extracted properly, it could cause liver damage. But if you get the 
one made from the root and not the stem, it's it's very safe and it's very calming. Uh, another thing is magnesium. It's very good for 300 enzymatic reactions in the body, but it's calming and relaxing. And Epsom salt baths, warm Epsom salt baths are amazing. Lavender oil put on your temples is really wonderful, very soothing. It works on the GABA receptors in your brain. And if you don't have any problems with cortisol or hypoglycemia, sometimes 5-HTP can be helpful in some people. But if you're still having trouble, you have to understand some of the root causes, which can be hormone imbalances, neurotransmitter imbalances. So if that's the case and none of this stuff is working, you should have an evaluation by a functional medicine doctor who can get to the root cause. Dr. Mehta, thank you so much for being here. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Mehta and her work, you can visit howtoliveyounger.com. And as always, to hear more from Dr. Mehta, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Lorraine. This is WNYM, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. According to our next guest, Neil Donald Walsh, ordinary humans can adopt certain behaviors that have the ability to change the course of the world for the better. Neil is here today to present contrasts between how we live and how an awakened being would act. Neil is the author of nine books in the Conversations with God series, which have sold over 10 million copies in 37 languages. He is one of the major authors and is a leader in the new spirituality movement. Welcome, Neil. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. That was a very sweet introduction, and I appreciate all those nice words. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. It is actually a privilege for me to have you here because your Conversations with God book series, it's changed the lives of so many people. So tell us about that journey. How did that begin for you? Well, you know, John, I had reached a, a, a point in my life when nothing was making any sense anymore. In fact, it was worse than it wasn't making any sense. It was actually damaging me. That is the way I was living my life and the way I was experiencing life was simply just to put it in simple language, just not any fun anymore. And I woke up one day realizing that and I thought, gosh, you know, what does it take to make life work? And what have I done to deserve a life of such continuing struggle? I mean, somebody tell me the rules. I'll play. Mm-hmm. Just give me the rule book. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> by the way, after you give me the rule book, don't change them. Because <laughs> what I also noticed is that the rules were changing from time to time. Right. So I, I literally woke up in the middle of the night uh, a number of years ago, now around 20 years ago. And, and, I, and I, I found a yellow legal pad on the coffee table in front of me. And I began writing a very angry letter to God with those questions in it. And then I heard a voice over my right shoulder. Neil, do you really want answers to all of these questions, or are you just venting? I turned around. Of course, there was no one there, and I thought, well, great. Now I'm not uh, on top of being angry. I'm going out of my mind. But what I noticed was that my, I was filled with a sense of peace and some kind of serenity, inner serenity that I had not really experienced before. So I thought, well, all right, just relax and just, just let yourself just be quiet for a minute and see what's going on. And, and then I, uh, I felt or experienced, if I could put it that way, that voice moving inside of my head, in, in, in which case it, I said to myself, you know, I really would like answers to all those questions if you've got them. And I was given answers to those mm-hmm. questions and to many other questions that I never dreamt existed. I wound up really in an experience that I like to call taking dictation. And I wound up taking dictation and I wound up asking many other questions that the answers that I received to those earlier ones would bring up for me. How can that be true? I don't believe that. What what about this? What about that? Before I knew it, I had several hundred pages of handwritten information. Now, I want to just add one thing before I stop. I never imagined that this would become a book. I did not write it as a book. I did not intend for it to be read by anybody else. As far as I was concerned, it was middle of the night personal journaling Mm -hmm. that anyone might do in their diary or in their journal. But it said in the dialogue, this will one day become a book. And you know what? I said to myself, wait a minute, that's measurable. I mean, that's a measurable outcome. The rest of it was theoretical, conceptual, but here's a flat out statement. This will one day become a book. And of course, I realized the chances of an unpublished author who no one has ever heard of sending it to a publisher and the publisher saying, hey, we'll we'll, we'll rush this to print immediately. This man's talking to God. Mm -hmm. The chances, chances of that were one in a million. So I went ahead on a dare. I just daring God, we'll see about that. And I sent it to a publisher. But in fact, they found the information fascinating enough to say, well, fact or fiction, we're going to put this book out. And it wound up selling a couple of million copies. Neil, how were you able 
to discern the voice of God, because I believe God speaks to all of us, but I think we don't listen. And if we hear that voice, I know for myself, I then think, is it me? Is it God? You know, what is it? How are we able to tell when we are in conversation with God? That's a very wonderful question. And, it's the, the, and by the way, you're right. The, the books all indicate that, that God is speaking to all of us all the time. The question is not to whom is God speaking. The question is who's listening. And the answer to your question, how do we know the difference, is that God's voice is the voice that speaks always with no fear. It is the, the, a voice of fearlessness, joy, peace, love, and uh, enormous self appreciation, the, the, the voice that speaks to us of who we really are. And so it's often uh, difficult to hear that voice because we find it hard. To, we do think it's our own thoughts. You know, well, of course, I would think that about myself. But God invites us to speak and to think of ourselves in the highest and grandest way and then to turn around and see life and others in that exact way as well. So how I tell the difference is if, if the voice has any sense of fear or doubt or negativity whatsoever in it, uh, I just dismiss it. But if it's a voice of love and joy and fearlessness and happiness and the wonderment of who I am. I, I listen to it carefully and I go with it, whatever the source. I've come to understand, of course, that the source that I call God is an aspect of the highest wisdom that lives within me and within all of us, that God lives within every single human being. And that's what I understand to be true. Neil, there's something that's going on in our world today. You can almost feel it. There's this awakening. And so many people are telling me that they're trying to go in deeper. They're trying trying to bring more of God or, or uh, a higher power, whatever you call it, into their life. And in some areas, it's working and things are happening for the better, but they can't seem to make it work across the board in all areas of their life. What do you think is happening? Why do you believe they're unable to manifest what they want across the board? Well, is it, those are two separate questions. One with regard to what is happening. It's my understanding and my awareness that we are undergoing what has been described to me as the overhaul of humanity. Now, an overhaul does not mean a complete um, uh, destruction of humanity. It's like when, when one overhauls an engine, one overhauls one's car engine, not to destroy it, but in fact to make it more efficient than ever. So, But in order to do that, sometimes we have to take the whole thing apart and put it back together again, maybe add some new parts and so forth. So we call that an overhaul when we overhaul an engine. This is overhauling the engine, if you please of uh, life on earth itself. So what, what, what's going on right now is the overhaul of humanity. That is, we are taking it apart. And we can see that things are falling apart one element at a time, but we will put them back together in a brand new way that allows us to express and to experience who we really are, why we really came here, and the true purpose and the true function of life for all of humanity. Now, why, with regard to your second question, why don't people uh, find it possible to manifest or to produce in their life the outcomes of the experiences across the board, even though they may do so in certain areas, but across the board that they would like to, the answer is that, in my experience, the answer is that, uh, number one, they may not believe fully that they can. Number two, they may not be in harmony, uh, that is, their desires may not be in harmony with the, the real purpose and agenda of their soul. That is, the soul, we, we are three-part beings, in my understanding, body, mind, and spirit, not just body and mind, but body, mind, and soul. And the soul, I believe, has an agenda that has very little to do with the body, the agenda of the body and the mind. Uh, and the body and the mind really are tools, in my understanding, used by the soul to move forward its agenda. But most people have not really understood the agenda of the soul, so they imagine that they're here to serve the agenda of their body and their mind. Many, many people think that life is about, basically, when you get right down to it, a simple paragraph. Get the guy, get the girl, get the car, get the job. Mm -hmm. Get the house, get the spouse, get the kids, get the grandkids, get the better car, get the better job, get the better spouse, get the better spouse, get the better spouse, get the better job, get the office in the corner, get the name on the door, get the name across the top of the building, you know, and then finally get the uh, retirement watch, get the sickness, and get out. And that's basically it. They, they see their, their lives in that way, and they aren't really clear that they're here on a spiritual journey and that they're here for a spiritual purpose having nothing to do with any of that. One of the things that has been said to me is that 98% of the world's people are spending 98% of their time on things that don't matter. Mm -hmm. That's the answer to your question, my understanding at least, the answer to your question, why don't people uh, find it possible to manifest everything they wish to manifest because they're spending 98% of their time on things that don't matter. So when things flow easily, that's when we're in alignment with our soul. I, I believe so. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and and I and and uh, but uh, the question becomes how to become or how to get into alignment with our soul, uh, and and the answer is that we use our mind to cross over from the mind's domain to the soul's domain to find out really what the soul is up to, what the soul is after, and what the soul is seeking to experience uh, in this particular lifetime. I saw a video that you created about the flow of money and why it flows abundantly to some and not so much to others, and in it you stated that money is not something we receive for what we do. It's what we receive for what we are. And I thought that that was just such a, a great statement because I think we spend so much time using that trade of time for money that we forget it's more about who we are as a human being. And that's when we get the rewards. It's not only more about that. It's all about that. You can have two lawyers on the same street in the same office building, actually. Well, you know, one of those office buildings where there are a lot of law firms. And one, one lawyer is making you know, more money than he knows what to do with. And the other lawyer can't find his third client in a year because of the way they are being in, through the process of what they are doing. This is true of lawyers, plumbers. Doctors, you know, and uh, landscapers or any, any housewives, anyone. It's what you are being that people are attracted to and what causes them to actually give you money. The book is Conversations with God, Book 4, Awaken the Species by Neil Donald Walsh. If you would like to get more information about Neil and his work, you can visit C wgconnect.com that's cwgconnect.com Neil, thank you so much for being here with us today. Your work has changed my life and it's changed the lives of so many others. So thank you for being here, for sharing your wisdom and for spending time with us. Well, thank you. It was lovely to be here and thanks for the invitation. I appreciate it very much. We'll be right back. Do you know there are many ways to intimacy? The first step to intimacy is being content in your own skin and feeling complete, resourceful and whole. It also involves knowing the difference between being alone and lonely. Hi, I'm Lori Gardner, registered nurse, patient advocate, and board-certified health and wellness coach. I am the CEO and founder of HealthLink Advocates, a firm dedicated to assisting people navigate our very complex and confusing healthcare system. We also provide coaching to individuals that want to improve their health and well-being. There are many types of intimacy, such as emotional, intellectual, sexual, creative, recreational, and more. The more types of intimacy we experience with another, the more likely we feel that we are accurately seen and understood. This, in turn, engenders a sense of authenticity when we are in the other's presence. The human brain is a social organ. We are literally hardwired for relationships. Recent scientific research indicates that the brain, the mind, and relationships are so connected and interdependent that we need at least one intimate relationship to thrive. Indeed, our wellness depends on it. Research documenting the correlation between intimate connections with others and emotional, psychological well-being and physical health has been steadily increasing. Benefits include increased longevity, decreased depression, and other psychological disorders. An important health tip is to be sure to make time to be with someone you like or love. It's good for both of you mentally, emotionally, and physically. If you need a health and wellness coach, Coach, to partner with you, please contact us at healthlinkadvocates.com. It's February and time for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day can run the gamut from sad loneliness to fun flirting, romance, and delight. Hi, I'm Susan Greif, speaker, author, a creative arts interpreter, and founder of Art Men's Hearts. I harness the power of creative expressions to help my clients release old stuck energies that keeps them feeling panicked, powerless, paralyzed, and in pain. If we weren't so lucky, we may have had our feelings hurt on Valentine's Day, and that disappointment still lingers. Whatever your history, I encourage you to make a decision this year to have a great Valentine's Day. Here's why. Feeling loved and loving is a choice. It's not dependent on anything others do or don't do for you or with you. Great love begins with self-love and self-respect, and we can achieve a balance of giving and receiving love even when there isn't a special someone in our lives. We can give from our heart to ourselves and others and receive love as well, simply by choosing to believe love is there and we deserve it. So choose to remind yourself that you are worthy of love and compassion and that the love you feel for others is returned to you, whether they are conscious of it or not. Email me at artmenshearts at gmail.com if you have any questions about how to spend every Valentine's Day mindfully basking in limitless love, compassion, and joy. We live in a world where everybody wants to get it right. 
we're trying to get our jobs right, our lives right, relationships. As parents, we try to raise good kids and make sure that they can have a life that's right. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson. Quality for Life Coaching is my practice, and I see so many clients talk about this. The most important thing that you can contribute to anyone, whether it's a sibling or a parent or a child or at work, colleague, self-esteem. People need self-esteem, and that comes from the inside out. So they need to feel good about themselves for them to ever reach their potential and have a great life. So I would offer this as a takeaway for parents, and then you can apply it to any relationship, which is unconditionally appreciate someone. And that is how they get self-esteem from the inside out. You notice someone for doing nothing just because they're there. So if you walk by someone and say, I'm just glad you're there. I'm just glad you're my son. I'm just glad that I'm visiting you, mom and dad. I love being here with you. If you notice people just because you walk by them and say, I love your energy in this house with me, they feel they've been witnessed and appreciated for just existing. And that is something that's a gift that you can give and change someone else's life. I'm Lindsay Levinson, qualityforlifecoaching.com. Look me up. productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach on Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Linda Mitchell, a transformational life coach and reinvention expert who helps her clients move through life's challenges and transitions with purpose, passion, and clarity to emerge more powerful, fulfilled, and purposeful. Linda is here today to discuss how to manage setbacks. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Joan. It's great to be back. So, Linda, this is a time of year when New Year's resolutions and intentions are often abandoned, and we feel discouraged and bad about ourselves. But setbacks are part of life all year through. So what do you recommend? What strategies do you offer to us to help us deal with setbacks? Well, you're right. This is a difficult time of year because so many of us have set New Year's resolutions And statistics show that by mid to end of February, the vast majority of people have either given up on them or faced a setback. The first thing we should all know is that this is normal. Give yourself a little grace. But personally, I don't even believe in New Year's resolutions. I believe in New Year's intentions because resolutions are kind of black or white. You achieve or you fail. Intentions, on the other hand, are something you work slowly towards, fully realizing that detours and setbacks are normal along the way. So setbacks are just part of the process. We simply acknowledge the disappointment or setback and you continue working towards your intention. So the first part of the strategy is to acknowledge that setbacks are normal. Next is to allow yourself to feel the emotions that come along with the setback. Go ahead, get angry, express your frustration, disappointment, disillusionment, sadness. And like I said before, give yourself some grace. We're human, imperfect creatures. The third step is to recommit to your original goal. Check in with yourself and remember why you decided to pursue this goal to begin with. What were your reasons? What's the payoff, the value, the benefit to realizing your goal? Why does it matter? Write it down and reconnect with your true motivation. Next, recall what helped you create the success in the past. What made you feel good? Who's part of your support system? Once you've recommitted, the final piece is to take small steps. Break the goal into manageable pieces if you haven't already done so. I always say it takes many small steps to create big change. When you're facing a setback, it's even more important to create small, doable steps so you can find yourself back on the path to success more quickly. Now do one or two of those things on your list to get you back on track. This, in turn, will motivate you to do more. And here's the part that so many people forget about. It's super important to celebrate your successes, both large and small. This will inspire you to keep forging forward and to put the setback behind you. So it's really all how you look at it because setbacks can actually be helpful to us if we allow them to be. I believe so. Because once you've pushed past a setback with the steps just outlined and you find yourself moving forward again towards your goal, you now have a history of successfully moving beyond the setbacks. When the next disappointment, discouragement or setback appears, 
it's less intimidating. And for some people, eh, it's even motivating. So you can say, aha, I've seen this before. I know how to get past this. I'm not going to let this trip me up. It's empowering to know that you've done it before and you can do it again. So setbacks no longer have the same power over you. They don't determine whether or not you reach your goal. Now it's your belief system, your belief in yourself and your history of conquering setbacks that's in charge. Remember, setbacks are normal. And, you know, smooth waters never created a skillful sailor, right? So, Linda, when obstacles arise, in addition to recommitting and getting back on track, what else do you advise we do? Well, I think sometimes it's a matter of reevaluating. In the process of recommitting, we can reevaluate things. And sometimes we recognize that we need to change our direction to reach the goal. This is important. We need to think outside of the box. Sometimes people get so frustrated, they kind of throw their hands up in the air and just give up on their goal. And that's kind of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? So instead, perhaps it's time to change your direction and strategy to get to the end result you desire. Get creative and find a different angle or a unique way to get there. Looking at the situation from a fresh perspective, finding new solutions and directions can make all the difference. Same goal, new path. So long setback. Linda, thank you so much for joining us and for reminding us that setbacks are not the end of the road. If you would like to get more information about Linda and her work, you can visit livinginspiredcoaching.com. And as always, to hear more from Linda, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Linda. Hi, this is Joan Herman. I am honored to be a special ambassador for the 2019 Coleman, North Jersey Race for the Cure. I hope that you'll join me and my race team on Sunday, May 5th at Liberty State Park for this 5K fun walk and 5K timed run. Sign up for my team at cyacyl.com slash Coleman. That's cyacyl.com slash Coleman. Join the fight. Save lives. Register now. At highway speeds, the average text takes your eyes off the road for about five seconds. That's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Stop texts, stoprex.org. That's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Conversations with Joan, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.